0: We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCACHurch.com. And join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message.
1: So when we're going through our situations, you do it, I do it, we all ask God why. Why? Uh, right now in our, in our world, we've got a lot of things going on. and Something that has gripped my heart for the last two weeks, uh, I don't know if you heard about it or not, but this family was having a picnic in Spain, and all of a sudden their little two-year-old boy was just walking around, and he went out of sight. Fell down a 300-foot shaft. It's 13 inches around. They still haven't gotten him out of that shaft. My heart broke for that couple. They were just having a family picnic. I'm sure they're asking why. But then there's more to the story. Prior to this son, they had another son. And at the age of three, he had a heart attack and died. Now, can you imagine being those parents and going through that kind of suffering? Wow. They're asking, I'm sure I would, why? Jonah probably asked God why when he found himself in the belly of a great fish. David probably asked himself why. Joshua, I know he asked himself why. Jesus, he solved the whys. He made preparation. Today, all of us are in what I call, and this may not be encouraging, but it's truth. We are in what I call a suffering cycle. Suffering cycle. You're either preparing for suffering, that you don't know what's going to happen your way. You're getting stronger, you're reading the words, you're hiding it in your heart, so you're preparing. You're in the middle of suffering, or you are recovering from suffering. All of us are in one of those three of this cycle of suffering. Jesus told his disciples, in this world, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have trials, tribulations. You're going to have bad things happen to you. But then he said, be of good cheer. He didn't say, in those moments, ask me why. In those moments, doubt my love for you. In those moments, walk away from me. He said, no. In those moments, be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. I've overcome the world. And if he overcame it, he overcame it for us. In Brazil this week, there was a, a dam that broke and all that debris came in tune. Destroying families, lives, natural disasters, all these things. God is a sovereign God. Suffering is all of us experiencing life. God works strategically in suffering. When I go through my defining moments, my suffering, God is strategically putting me where I need to be if I trust Him. I talked about it last week. Paul was on that ship, and there was a great storm, Northeastern. He said, don't jump ship. And I've seen some of you posting things this week. With Jesus in your boat, it will float, right? Don't jump. Stay in the boat. Stay strong. Because we're all going to suffer. Because this world has been affected by sin. And we live in this world. God's strategically working through this suffering. And suffering helps us experience life. Suffering makes us who we are. All of us have suffering scars today. I've got lots of of them, don't you? Jesus has scars on his back. Suffering for our healing. Scars are good. They tell you, you have experienced life. You know what I find growing up? A lot of people have a scar on their chin. A lot of people have a scar on their chin. Because when they were younger, they hit their chin and it made a scar. Some of you are right now going, I forgot about that scar. There it is right there. Yeah. So we ask God why. But there's suffering for significance. We suffer for a reason. We go through what we go through. God allows. And that's the word we need to be understanding. God allows things in our lives to bring significance To us. I am stronger every time I go through suffering. I come out stronger. I need to be stronger. Because the next cycle is going to be worse than the last one. Isn't that good news? But God doesn't let you have the impossible first. He he gets you strong. You get your muscles built up in your faith. And then it just keeps like the enemy. just keeps coming in stronger and stronger. But God's greater. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Be of good cheer. Sometimes we suffer in relational issues, relational issues, and boy, those seem to be prevalent today. We're struggling in our relationships with each other. We're struggling in financial issues. We seem to not able to have enough. There's more month than there is money. We suffer through our depression, and this has become one of the number one problems in our nation: depression. We as Christians, we've got to have a strong mind. <clears throat> Think on things that are holy. Think on things that are true. Things that have a good report. If you're not careful, the enemy will win the war in your mind. We have suffering and suicide. It's becoming rampant in our country among young people before they're teenagers now. used to be teenagers. Now it's younger. I wouldn't ask you to raise your hand because I guarantee you, you would be astounded. But if I were to ask the question, how many of you at one point of your life contemplated suicide? You would be shocked as to how many people in here would have raised their hand. You know why? The enemy is out to steal, kill, destroy. We have suffering in addictions. Addictions. Every generation has different addictions. I was growing up it was LSD and all those things you know and now we're getting addicted to all kinds of things pornography is so prevalent it is destroying ministers it is destroying churches church boards, teachers in the church, leaders who should be strong these addictions are coming in maybe it's loneliness maybe you're suffering in loneliness you feel isolated isolated the enemy, that's what he does. I, I shared with you how that he's just like a lion on the Serengeti. They see a herd. He thins it out by causing chaos. Everybody runs in different directions. And then he goes after the weakest one that's all by itself. First thing he does is grabs them by the throat so they can't breathe. You ever felt like you just can't breathe? You ever been in that place where you just feel like you can't take another breath? I have. I have. Through illness. Sickness, disease, suffering, chronic, long-term illnesses will wear you down. It will sap every bit of your strength. We do not plan on suffering. I shared it last week. We do not get up in the morning and pray, Oh God, may I have the worst day ever today. (laughs) Oh God, could you just bring more suffering into my life today? Because I'm... It's too easy. No. We get up and pray that God would help us be strong during that day, that God would bless us with hope and joy and peace and let us be a light to someone in darkness. But the enemy, every time you get up, he's going, I'm hitting them head on today. It's not a glance and blow. This is going to be head on. I'm going to see how strong they are. I'm going to see how well you do when you're suffering. Yeah. Suffering for significance. And we all go through what I call suffering sagas. All of us. We all have these suffering sagas that we go through. One of the greatest things that I, I was met with as a young child, and I, I feel like I share this too much, but sometimes we have guests. And so the death of my father caused me so much suffering. It marked my life at that point point in time of my life. It marked me. Went to a lot of different schools growing up. How many of you went to a lot of different schools growing up? Yeah. You know what it's like, new school, every time. I mean, it's hard. I, it, I considered it suffering. I never wanted to be a pastor, but God called me to be a pastor. So Sadie and I started a church in a funeral home. If you can start a church in a funeral home, you can start a church anywhere. We had the embalming room in the back. I told everybody, do not go to sleep during church. <laughs> Take you back there. <laughs> Don't do it. You gotta have fun. I had cosmetic lighting on me. Man, I look good every Sunday morning. <laughs> but the church started growing. We're like, praise God. Hallelujah. We bought property, we, we built our first building, didn't last as long as we thought. Filled it up, praise God, multiple service. We built another building, hallelujah. Things are going great. No suffering in the ministry. Praise God, hallelujah. And then the devil hits me head on. And guess what? He didn't use people who weren't saved, he used people in the church. They started being critical of being saved. Why would you be critical of us? We haven't done anything to you. I found that we sacrificed everything for that church, and then they sacrificed us. You ever been sacrificed by a close friend? Yeah. Why is it always the people you spend the most time with, spend the most effort on, spend the most money on? They're the very ones that the enemy uses cause you suffering. Yeah. Suffering. Some of you have been suffering through physical abuse. Yeah. Maybe divorced here today. Suffering. I don't want to be alone. Maybe financial bankruptcy. All of our suffering is seen from our perspective. What I have found that you may look at me and go, Pastor, that's not suffering. What you've gone through is not suffering. Let me tell you what suffering is. All of us see our suffering from our perspective. The problem is you look at somebody else's suffering and go, that's not that bad. I wish I only had that as my problem. I wish that was the only thing I was suffering with. But to the person going through it, it is straight on suffering. Suffering. We have sources of suffering. (coughs) Sources. What are the sources? Romans 8.22 says, We know the whole creation has been groaning, suffering, as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. It was the fall of man, not the fall of God. God never fails. When we're going through our suffering, that seems to be the first thing that comes to our mind. God has failed me. Where are you, God? Why is this happening to me? I found it wasn't only in our first church we met with criticism. It was in our second church. And it's in our third church. How in the world can people be so harsh? All I want to do is love people. All you want to do is love people. And yet, boy, the enemy will take those very things and squeeze you into sufferings and cause you to, listen, I've got a lot of pastor friends. You know what? They'll never go to church again. Not because of the sinners, but because of the sinners. They've been hurt so bad, I'll never get hurt again. they built up walls. I'll never let anybody get close to me again. And if you've gone through suffering, you'll know what I'm talking about. We all have that tendency to put some walls up and go, I'm just never going to let anybody be that close. Yeah. So when I was going through suffering from issues in the churches, guess what? I would call my, my mentors. You know what they'd tell me? They said, Dwayne, we told you, never be friends with anybody in the church. Oh, God. It's what they tell you. It's true. Don't ever be friends with anybody in the church. But I'm like, I love everybody in the church. And so I still to this day, I break that rule. I want to be your friend. I want you to be my friend. Won't you be my neighbor? I mean, I enjoy life. I want to enjoy it with you. Suffers because of the fallen man. Suffering steers me to salvation. Steer. It doesn't drive me from God. It drives me to God. When I go through suffering, I don't leave God. I run to Him harder. I search for Him stronger. I am more passionate in my prayers. How many of you found that to be true? Life's going good, dear Lord. Thank you for this day. Hallelujah. Amen. Life's going bad. Oh God,
0: God, I need you.
1: Difference. Romans 5, 1 through 3 says this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Thank you, Father. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace. Oh, thank you. Aren't you glad for grace? The grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in what? We glory in our sufferings, wow, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And so this morning, I've asked a young lady in our church, Miss Ego, would you please come? I don't know if you've met Miss Ego or true or not. She is a beautiful lady, a wonderful lady. Let's give her a big hit for coming up today. So today, I asked her to share a little bit of her life with you. And so, uh, Miss Ego, would you please share something? Hello. A
0: little um, bit closer. Okay. I'm Ms. Ego. Um, uh, in the year 2000, July 1st, I was still in school and so. She told me, don't leave
1: me, Pastor." I said, I won't leave you in a second. I'll be right here with you.
0: And so I was in school. And my parents came to take me from school to go for an event, a burial. And so I went for the burial event. I was still young then. And so when we went for the event, It was a burial event, so. um, And so, um, my brother was kind of bored in the car. He was like, my parents were inside and, you know, going through the whole thing. And I was in the car, too, and my brother said, um, that do I wanna go for a ride? You know, just, you know, go ride around and see some friends, some of his friends. I was like, sure. And he promised me some popcorn and everything. I was like, good, I'll go with you. And so we drove out, and this was in Nigeria. And so we drove out and he went to see some of his friends. And so when we we're driving down there, we saw this, um, we saw this, an um, erosion that cut the road in two. And if you fall in there, nobody will know your end. 'Cause it was deep. And so we saw the eruption, we came out from the car, we went in and looked. It was so deep. And we went back in the car. We drove around the place and went to see his friend. On our way back it was dark and he was trying to meet up. You know, because my parents were, you know, worried about us. And so he was driving so fast so fast that he forgot about the erosion. And so we drove. we were so close into falling into the erosion, he turned so quickly. When he turned, we hit a tree that was right beside. And so when we hit the tree, I was sitting in front. I jumped off the car, broke the glass, fell. And then the people that lived around were the ones that came, you know, to, there is no 911 there. So we were just laying down there and the people that lived around they came out to wave down cars to help us. And so when we're, I was down unconscious. I didn't know what was happening know. And they waved down cars and finally, they said three men in a big car came and took us, and they were drive. They drove us to a hospital, and when they go to a hospital, the first hospital said, "Oh, we can treat the boy, but for the girl, she's going to die. We can't treat her. And we don't have. We don't want any record, that record." And so they drove us to several hospitals, and finally, a general hospital said, "Okay, don't take us. Don't take me." And so they took us in, they were treating my brother, and they looked at me and they said, oh no, she can't survive, she's going to die. And so I was unconscious. And so what they did was, they gave me to the student doctors to play with me. Like that, you know, do whatever thing you want to do with her. And so they saw the whole blood and everything, they were just bitching me playing with my whole body. They were not supposed to stitch my eye. They just, you know, learning how to do everything, and they did. And so I was still unconscious, though. So after that, they put me by the laundry and waiting for me to take my last breath. They said, oh, she's going to die real soon. So they come in and check on me and see if I've already taken my last breath so they can throw me in. I still didn't take my last breath. So the next day the nurse, nurse came in and said, oh, well, those men went back and brought my parents too to come see where we were at. And so the nurse that came in the next day said that she had this feeling in her heart that if I die, that my blood would be in her head because she knows they're not doing anything for me, but that she knows the place where I can go, another hospital where I can go and get a better treatment. And so they had to do the whole process and they took me out from that hospital. And so the nurse signed out, you know, clocked out and said she was coming with us too. And she came with me and we drove down to the other hospital. And there, when they saw me, they just rushed and took care of me. They said some dirt was blocking my breathing, so they had to take the rest out so I could breathe better because I was not breathing well. I was unconscious just when They cleaned me up and put me in a room. And you know, they took good care of me. And so I was still unconscious. (laughs) So I was unconscious for two weeks. And so everybody, even some of the doctors were kind of giving up too, but they kept on, Trying to see if I would wake up. They were feeding me through my nose and everything, trying to just make sure I survived. So, after two weeks, July fourteenth, I stood up. I woke up. It was like a horror movie. I just woke up, stood up on my bed. I don't know what happened, but. It when I got up, they found that the left part of my body was paralyzed. My eyes was totally closed. Everything about me was dead. My but yes, after that, I got, you know, I was recovering little, little by little. After a month or so, I was, I was, I was able to come out of the hospital. I was discharged. And so I went back to see the lady that helped me, the nurse that helped me, you know, brought me to the hospital. But nobody ever had a record of the lady. And those men that helped me, that brought us to the hospital. But have nobody knew
1: about that This is you. I wanted you to hear that because that's her perspective of suffering. Whenever they're saying she's going to die, they're using her body for students to try to figure out how to stitch something together paralyzed. Did you hear it clearly? She went back to the hospital. The nurse, they have no record of having a woman there by that name. They have no record of men that brought them to the hospital. And You know, I believe. I believe in angels, don't you? I believe in angels. And I know that God has spared her life because he has something awesome for you to do in this world. And you've done it today. You've shared some things with people that they're going, wow, my suffering is still a little pale in comparison. Yes. But I love Ms. Ego. She is a sweetheart. She is a beautiful part of this congregation. And God has given her life. And I thank God for her life today. And I thank God that he loves you and he's given you this new hope and new life, Ms. Ego. Thank you so much for sharing that with us today. I cannot imagine that nightmare. I cannot imagine her parents going through all of that. I cannot imagine her waking up and looking and seeing all the damage and all the things that have been done. And I'm sure the enemy probably has come in time after time after that to try to tell her things. You know what, she's not listening to the enemy because she has a father who knows how to give good gifts He's got a father who knows how to fight in the midst of her battles. When she's even unconscious and not even aware of it. God was fighting for her life and putting things together and causing. The Romans says, God causes things to work together for good. To them that love the Lord. And so whatever you're going through today, you don't see what God is going to do with it in the future. All you can see is what you're going through right now. And sometimes we go, but God, why is this happening? God, why? Did I sin? No, you didn't sin. I promise you. That's another thing that you need me to tell your life. Well, you messed up. That's why you're having this problem. No, you are in this world that is a part of a fallen nature of man. But you're also in this world, and God did not fall, but God is still on the throne, and He's causing whatever the enemy wants to throw at us to be turned around to give Him all the glory. We glory in our sufferings today. Hallelujah. I thank God for all my sufferings because it makes me who I am. Romans 5 3 through 5 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Aren't you glad? Perseverance, character. And character, hope. The greatest thing we can have in our lives today is hope. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This suffering strengthens my soul. My soul is my mind, my will, my emotions. When I go through suffering, and I come through it with perseverance. I stand strong. I don't waver. I don't quit. I don't fall apart. But I stand upon the Word of God. His Word never fails. It strengthens my mind. My mind gets stronger the more suffering I go through. When I first started going through suffering, my mind would be weak. I start looking around and blaming myself, blaming others. No, no, no. Now when I go through suffering, my mind immediately goes, God is. You're going to get a glorious testimony out of this. I can't wait to see what you're going to do in my life. Because I know who you are. I know you are faithful. And I know through my sufferings, the glory of God will shine forth. That's a different mindset, my friends. It changes my will. I get strong and stubborn. You want to have a fight? I'm ready. I used to be weak and shrink back. But now when the enemy comes in like a flood, I go, come on. God's got something bigger ready for me, and I want whatever God's got. And I'm fixing to fight you tooth and nail. I'm going to go down swinging. I'm going to give it all I got because God is for me. In the middle of my suffering, I get stronger. My muscles get stronger because I'm fighting. A muscle that isn't used atrophies. We've got a lot of people that have such easy lives. They never have to have their muscles of faith exercised. So their faith is weak. But those of us who are suffering, going through hard times, we get stronger, mightier. We have hope where there seems to be no hope. It determines how I think and what I think. God's love, this verse says, has been lavished on me. Hallelujah. I love a God who is opulent, don't you? Just look at the Old Testament. I mean, look at the temple he designed. Opulent. And he has lavishly poured out his love upon you so that you can go through. God's word says that he will not allow more to come upon us than what we can handle. I've often questioned that verse. I said, God, are you sure I'm big enough for this? He goes, yes, son, you're ready. You're ready for this. We also understand that our our sovereign experienced sorrows and sufferings too. Our sovereign experienced sorrows and sufferings. Isaiah 53.3 says he was a man of sorrows. Acquainted with grief and suffering. He was despised. We esteemed him not. He was dealt more suffering than we could ever imagine. Esteem means to be held in great respect, to be admired. Our sovereign was not respected and admired. He was a man who was acquainted and knew suffering well. Why? Because he wanted to identify with us and to give us an example. This is how you handle the whys. This is how you handle the what's next. Sometimes I've experienced in my life, I, I don't get to quite do the whole cycle thing. You know, I don't, I don't really get to have that, well, now I'm recovering from suffering. It seems like I suffer and go right back into suffering again. Then right back into suffering again. And I'm going, Lord, come on, give me a break. Give me a, a chance here to catch my breath. And he goes, no, I've got something coming at you. You better be strong for it. You better be powerful for this. When they tell you you got cancer, you better be ready for that one, baby. It'll kick you in the gut. You better have a strong mind and a strong will and have your emotions under control. You've got to be able to say, God, I know that I know that I know in whom I have believed in. And I know you're not going to fail me, you're not going to de- de- desert me, you're right here with me. Let's do this thing together. I've got good news for us today. You say, well, Pastor, so far it's been bad. I'm going to leave you with the sweetest taste in your mouth today. Isaiah 43.2 says this. And man, my spirit's fixing and jump out of this body. When you pass through the waters. It didn't say if. When. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Well, I have no reference point. Oh, yeah, I do. I got three young men who bear witness to me today named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When I get there, I'm going to talk to them and say, how was it? They're going to say, it was the coolest thing ever. It was the coolest thing ever. You should have been there. I said, I wish there would have been. But then I think, would I have been? Or would I have been tempted to bow my knee? You see, whenever suffering comes, we gotta stand up. We can't bow into it. Because God knows no matter what the situation and the suffering is, whether it's the water or whether it's rushing water or whether it's fire. Hey, listen, fire, fire makes me stronger because it refines who I am. It gets rid of all the dross. It gets rid of all the impurities, and it begins to make me stronger. You know how gold is pure? When you look at the gold and you see your reflection in it. That's when you know all the impurities have been burned out. You know how God knows we're fine as gold? When he looks at us and he sees his reflection in our lives. Hallelujah. 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 Today, you never go through suffering alone. You will never fight by yourself. And listen, I have felt that way, haven't you? My feelings, i got to get them under control. Because I can feel like nobody cares. Everybody else's life is perfect. Why is this happening to me? Yeah. Well, I can tell you some summations of suffering. Suffering summations. Let me tell you what's going to happen. This is the end result. Are you going to be sweet or sour? You'll either be sweet or you'll be sour. There's no in between. This is a black white, a win or lose situation. This is no tie. Either win or you lose. Are you going to be stubborn or surrender? Perseverance kicks in, man. Every time the enemy comes against my life, my family's life, this church, i got to tell you, perseverance kicks in. I'm hard-headed and stubborn as it can be when it comes to the Spirit of God. Don't mess with my church. Don't mess with my wife. And don't mess with my kids. Because i got a Father who's omnipotent, who's omnipresent, who is able to seek and to save and to take care of every enemy that comes against our lives. And this is where we fight this thing in our prayer life. We get on our knees and cry out to God and say, God, breathe new life in me. God, give me hope today. Give me strength today. Because I know that I know that I know you're going to cause this to turn around. It's going to be a benefit. Before I can have a testimony, i got to have a test. Before we can have victory, we got to have a war. Some people want victory but don't want the war. Some people want a testimony but they don't want the test." Miss Ego, some people want your testimony, but they don't want to suffer. Wow. God is fighting for you today. He's sovereign God. We don't understand it, but His wisdom is greater than ours. He knows what is best for us. Had some young ladies in my office tell me, but Pastor, he was the one. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. I'm not a very good counselor. Don't come to me for counseling. I got a three step method admit it, quit it, forget it. That's all I know to do. You got a problem, admit it. Most people don't want to admit they got a problem. Second thing, just quit it. Huh. Well, that's hard. Yes, it's hard. Life is hard. Yeah. Life is tough, especially if you're a Christian. You got a bull's on you. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's hard. But it's worth the fight. Yeah. yeah. A lot of you men in here, you're married because you asked her. Some men may be saying, no, she asked me. <laughs> Somebody had to ask somebody. I tell everybody all the time, I married Sandy when she was young. so Because if I have waited another year or two, she would have gotten smarter and she would not have married me. I was not a catch. I was broke and zits all over my face. Little skinny, wormy looking dude. No reason she should have married me. But I fought for her. Today, are you going to fight? Are you going to be strong? Hard-headed? Stubborn? Or are you going to surrender? How's this suffering in your life going to turn out? Are you going to turn tail? Are you going to stand up as a man or woman of God? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Wow. In my weakness, God becomes my strength. Those are not my words.
0: Join us anytime at PCACHurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.